Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to the Insomnia Project. Sit back, relax, and listen, as we're about to have a conversation about the mundane. One thing that we promise is that our conversation will be less than fascinating so that you, our listener, can just feel free to drift off, relax, and possibly find sleep. Thank you for joining us. I'm your host, Marco Timpano. And I'm your co-host, Nidhi Khanna. And of course, you can follow us on Twitter at listen and sleep. Marco, I recently uh, switched jobs and and actually moved house, mm-hmm. if that's the word, the turn of phrase that one would use. Um, and in both of those, uh, I guess, experiences, sure, people were kind enough to give me cards to uh, mark the occasions. You and Amanda gave me a beautiful housewarming gift and a card, and when I left my previous position, I got a beautiful congratulations card with many signatures on Mm -hmm. it, and uh, there was something quite heartwarming about it. And you don't think about it because in this day and age... People don't really give cards anymore, I find. Uh, Do you receive quite a few cards, or are you... You are a card giver. I'm not a card giver. No? I've become more of a card giver because Amanda's a card giver. But my family has never been card givers. Um, I don't... I'm not one of those people who likes to read long cards. You know, and when I say long cards, I don't mind if it's... My friend has written... A long message inside the card, but the cards that have long poetic messages, those have never been the cards that I gravitate towards. Um, but giving cards, I'm much more the type to just put a tag on the gift or, yeah, just write in a tag rather than get a card. But Amanda is definitely someone who likes to give cards for any occasion. So when you say uh, like the written message, do mm-hmm. you mean sort of the canned message or when people actually write out a written no, message? No, the canned message. Right. So I like a funny card that has a funny message or a, a nice photo. Or you know those cards that have um, like a cutout in it or have little beads that 
move when you open the card or things silly things like that those are the cards that i like that you like and so we've purchased i don't think you've ever seen these at costco and i love costco i could do a whole podcast on just costco we might have to do that um costco has these box sets so it's a box you spend about 15 bucks and there's just a plethora of cards in there and they're sort of do you remember index boxes so you'd have a little box yes that would have like the card the index index cards. cards it's kind of like that it's a large box and it has weddings birthdays condolences congratulations mm. and within those cards you get about four or five cards for each section and they're really nice cards so they've got like i said to you the cutout or there's like a get well that had like a little pill box and there was little beads in it so when you opened it the beads kind of shook around or whatever and uh, you know the wedding ones have like veil material glued on to the image of the bride or whatever it is right i'm making it sound cheesy but they're not they're actually quite nice yeah they're made well obviously they're at costco and there's a certain a certain sort of uh base that they'll accept so we have this box of cards because my wife likes to give cards and we can always just Pull out, out pull out the five and see yeah. which one's more appropriate. I know Amanda does this for the person. It becomes a debate of which card should we give Nitty? This one or this one? And when we're... You know, sometimes you go to these um, these stores that, that have... The specialty cards? Special, no, more like um, stores that sell local artisan yes. things. We'll pick up a bunch of cards from there. I like doing that as well. Yeah, yeah I, I find that some of the those cards can be quite um, unique and interesting. Depending charming. On who, yeah, charming on, on who you want to give something to. Um, I uh, I enjoy like a good, well-written card. Like okay. I think it's very thoughtful, but I'm like you. I don't actually give that many cards. Um, so it's a little bit of a conundrum there. We actually grew up, my cousin's in the States used to own a uh, Hallmark store. Oh. So we grew up with, so we used to have tons of cards just kind of lying around my house and uh, we still have quite a few actually leftover cards. So if I need a card, I just go to my mom's place and shop there really. Sure. Because uh, there's some funny ones. There's some, there, there's one for every occasion actually really. Um, but, and cards are odd because it's like you can pay like seven, eight, nine, oh, ten bucks on a card. It's, and that's partly why I don't get cards because I feel like they're very expensive for what they are and one can make a card much cheaper. And I, I will often do this is I'll grab a nice piece of paper, fold it in half, draw a little picture on the front and then just write happy, whatever the occasion is. Unless it's a condolence card, clearly, <laughs> and then I'll 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 write on it, and then inside I'll write whatever. Or take sometimes you can get. Have you ever seen these envelopes with a cardstock that is fit for the paid? Uh, sorry, the cardstock is cut to the same size as the envelope, so it can just get tucked inside. Yes. I often have those too, and I'll just write a little note on that. Oh, see, that makes sense to me. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. But I'd love to get monogrammed. All right, is it monogrammed? No. Um, what is it called when you have stationery that has your monogrammed? No, it's personalized. 
Is it personalized stationery? Yeah, with I guess. With your name on it? Yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah I'd like to. Sauce? I'd like to get something like that. Some sort of. But I, you know, here's the dilemma. I love the feel of paper, and I think we've talked about this before. But I would want the cardstock, and I would want it to be really high quality. And mm-hmm. there's something about that that I enjoy. One time, we bought cards from a friend who was selling. You know how sometimes you get people, their kids are selling chocolate, or there's these jewelry clubs that people have where it's like, buy some of my jewelry that I'm representing. Well, this person was selling cards. So Amanda's like, sure, we use cards all the time. She bought the happiness set or whatever it was. (laughs) And we got these cards. And they're horrible. Oh, really? What makes them so horrible? They have the quality like quality or the messaging. Uh, or? Not so much the you know. They look really. The photo on the t- on the front does not look artistic at all. So mm-hmm. it's a photo of flowers, but it's like this close up photo of flowers that seems like it's from twenty years ago. Got it. And the font is not anything. Pretty. It just kind of looks like a. A font before people had fonts, so it looked like a standard font from twenty five years ago. Got it. And yeah, the, the, even the size of the card seemed a little bit small. Interesting, because I find sometimes cards, like for me, a, a good card is just the standard size. Mm-hmm. You know how sometimes you have like the five by seven cards yeah. and they're just a little too awkward? Sure. A little too much space. Uh, I, I like the standard cards that you can display for a certain amount of time and Actually, that's a good question. Like, what is a good amount of time for you to display a card? I would say you have about two and a half weeks, maybe three, depending on the occasion. Hmm. Uh, yeah, I guess that would be a good amount of time. And if you want to keep it on a more permanent basis, like if there's one or two cards that are particularly special, you can put them up in your fridge mm-hmm. or keep them in a place that's a little less visible to, like maybe not like the downstairs but maybe you can move it or something like that. I framed a a Christmas card that I really liked, and I have it in a frame. Really? Who's Mm -hmm. it from? Oh, I don't even know. No, I think I purchased them. I purchased these Christmas cards, and I really liked the image that was on on the face of the card, and I framed one. Oh, nice. Yeah, just because I liked it. I had framed two, actually. I had framed another card, but I didn't know what I did with the other one. But, yeah, you know, you can get an inexpensive frame and frame your cards. Cards, That's a great way for a person who has a... You know, has just moved into an apartment and doesn't have photography or, or art on their wall. They can get cards that they like and frame them. That's very, mm. very crap, crafty of yeah. you. Have you ever received or given a giant card? Yes. Can I actually show you the giant sure. card that I received? Sure. Yeah, yeah. All right, I'm going to go good. get it. He's going to get a giant card. I once purchased a giant card for um, Amanda because she loves cards so much and uh, was happy to sort of... Uh, give it to oh no that I've I've given a card much larger than that. Oh really? Yeah, that that this is a big is card. Oh, I should take a picture. We'll take a picture of this and we'll put it on. Yes. Oh, that's so great. This is a card that I was just mentioning that I I received from my last workplace before I left. Oh, it's great. Um, and it's a congratulations card in a form of an exclamation mark. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like got a stand so it can be displayed essentially. Um. And so you're saying you've given something bigger than this. Mm-hmm. Like Maybe how? twice the size. Like, really? Yeah, like this big. For what? Heart. I think it was a Valentine's Day card I gave to Amanda. 
Oh my gosh, that's yeah. amazing. I just, I knew that they sold them and I was like, oh, I got to get one. I've never given a giant card before. And so I found this there card and chance. I was like, that's it. She's going to get a giant card. And what was her reaction when she got it? Well, she was surprised. And then she was like, what are we going to do with this giant card? Yeah. And so it ended up in our, um, under our bed for a long while. And then I don't know what happened to it since. Hmm. Um, I have never received that big of a mm-hmm. card, uh, but I would like to receive that mm-hmm. big of a card. It was I huge. I can imagine. Like the size of your fridge door almost, it felt like. It no, a, it can't be that big. Not that big, but like big like that. <laughs> like maybe maybe three quarters of the size of your fridge door. Not the whole fridge, but the second part. Anyways, it doesn't really matter how big it was, but what do you do with your cards? Once you're done with them. Mm, good question. I usually, it depends. Like if there are ones that I really enjoy or there's something special about them, I actually keep them and I have mm-hmm. a book that I put oh, like nice. all sorts of positive messages and things like that in. And so I'll, I'll glue it in, in there. Mm-hmm. Um, otherwise I just kind of like toss them out. Yeah. I tend to keep all my, all my cards and letters. Well, if it's just something that's like, congratulations, mm-hmm. And it's like a blank card. To me, it's kind of like, what's the point? Right, right. Like, right. I'd be, like it, but if there's an actual message in it or something, um, then I'll keep it. Fair. Uh, I was trying to make like uh, Christmas tags with old Christmas cards that we received oh, last nice. year. That was my sort of intent. And I did do some, but I wanted to make them much nicer than I ended up doing because you know how it is. All of yeah. a sudden you get close to the holidays and you're like, I have no time. I have no time. No time. It's true. Look at you trying to be proactive this year. I used to, as a kid, keep all my postcards oh. because when I was a kid, people would, um, when friends of mine would go away or you would, you would actually receive postcards from mm-hmm. people. Nobody does that anymore. I know. I it think. almost seems like postcards are disappearing. You yeah. don't see them. You know, I used to travel to Europe and there was like, at every newsstand, there was like so many postcards you could choose from but now it's really diminished isn't that funny and i used to take all the postcards that um i would receive and i'd actually stick them up on my wall in my room Mm -hmm. and uh it would be this really cool collage of like different places in the world and i guess it was kind of like a you know places i wanted to to travel to sure i was i had an intention even when i was a kid look at that eh um, but yeah, no, I, I, I rediscovered them when I was moving a few years ago and it was actually quite neat to like read all these postcards from when I was like 13, 14, 15 right. that you see from friends and things like that. And so it was nice. I just recently found a bunch of postcards we never sent from oh, different places to like that you had written in. No, that I had, that Amanda had sort of bought in different states she had visited. Okay. So I put a stamp on it and I sent it to my five-year-old niece, no even way. though I was sending it from a different place, not where it was purchased. And I was just like, she's just going to get random postcards and she really enjoys them. Yeah. Right? Do you write in them? Yeah, I write in them. Nice. And I say like, look at this place. This is, you know, where your aunt was born or whatever. Oh, and I'll just kind nice. of say things like that. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. And um, speaking of places mm-hmm. that you might receive a postcard from... Have you ever been to Fremont, California? No, I haven't. 
Well, we, where is Fremont, California? Fremont, California is on the West Coast, obviously, because it's California. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's near, it's, I think, the San Francisco Bay Area. Okay, so I've been to San Francisco. It's near Silicon Valley, essentially, okay. or in Silicon Valley. I don't really know, not familiar with how you describe Silicon Valley. Like, okay. is it considered a place? Is it considered an amalgamation of different cities? Kind of like how we would refer to the GTA in Toronto. Right. Um, so, uh, but I uh, uh, I have not, and that's my dog drinking some water in the background. Well, we all got to be hydrated. Yeah, exactly. Um, but we do have uh, quite a few listeners from Fremont, Oh, California. hello, Fremont. Hello, Fremont. So. I know that it was named after the American explorer John Charles Fremont is what I know. And I believe it is an amalgamation of five communities. Okay. So I think like in 1950, in the 1950s, it uh, amalgamated some of the surrounding areas into Fremont. Uh, but um, we wanted to give a bit of a shout out to our Fremont listeners and also talk to you about some some interesting facts about Fremont if people are headed that way oh i would love to know because yeah. that's part of the world that i love is san california? francisco well in particular northern northern california really? san francisco is gorgeous yeah um i i love california i mm-hmm. think like uh yeah as a place to live it'd be up my, there for up you there for me mm-hmm. yeah yeah if, especially if i was li- living in the states uh, just the, as you say the beauty um, but even I like I enjoy Southern California as well, right? Sure. I mean, San Diego. I haven't been to LA in a really long time, but mm-hmm. um, yeah. I've done that beautiful drive from oh, I really um, want to do that. San Francisco to Los Angeles. I think we drove all the way to San Diego actually. Oh, and I really want to do that. A gorgeous drive if you ever get a chance yeah. on the Pacific Coast one. Um, I've been to Napa and done some wine tasting okay. there. That's fun too. Uh, but Fremont, I mean, Fremont has its own silent film theater. Oh, really? Even, yeah, it does. It's still running? Uh, apparently. And at one point, um, Charlie Chaplin actually worked at one of the film companies uh, situated in Niles. Niles was one of the, I guess, communities that formed Fremont when it was first amalgamated. Okay. Um, so, and it has some urban legends. Apparently, there's. Uh, a ghost, uh, what's it called? The White Witch of the Canyon. Oh, wow. I know. Who, who is very famous, but I, I don't really have the background as to why she's famous. So okay. perhaps some of our Fremont listeners can explain some of the urban legends around, sure. um, around Fremont. Um, do you, are you big into the Olympics and the skaters in the 90s? Oh, yeah. I, I prefer the Winter Olympics to the Summer Olympics, so okay. I'm much more well-versed. Well, you know a, Christy Yamaguchi? Uh, uh, American figure skater who I think came in first, won Olympics in second, another. Well, she grew up in Fremont. Oh, there you go. Oh, there we go. Look she's a great skater. She is a great skater. Mm-hmm. I wonder if she... No, they can't... I don't think she's still skating. No, I think she did a, a Dancing with the Stars, and she probably trains. I know a lot of the um, former skaters will then train other skaters oh right mm-hmm. that makes sense so they'll become coaches and things like that right right mm-hmm. right, right right i um yeah i guess that makes sense especially oh, I, the, I would oh. assume that skating is a tough like sport on your body to be doing for two for for many 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 years especially if you're doing jumps and those yeah. sort of really strenuous things and i also know that a lot of uh former olympic 
skaters or athletes also become commentators on that sport because they're experts right. in the sport. Because if you ever watch figure skating, I never understand how many turns they do. Like I can't, like I can see them doing these turns in the air, but I never know if they do a triple or a quad. I can't figure it out. And so it's nice to hear these commentators who know exactly what these skaters are doing say, oh, they just did a triple with a half whatever and then they slow it on the video and they show you what it what exactly they did but i once saw i was doing um a television show so i was hired to do like a little clip that was going to appear in the television show and i was working with kurt browning oh cool so he's a canadian uh figure skater fantastic and nitty he did a jump in the air and turned i don't know i want to say three times and when you see it and i was very close to when it happened there's so much height on that and it's so impressive to see i mean it's impressive to see on the television but when you see it live it's just incredible it seems like a feat that doesn't seem real it seems so so incredible mm-hmm. wow, and i mean he he's he's one of the best figure skaters out there so it was impressive to see that and it was just me and him at an ice rink and the camera people and whatnot. That's so crazy. Mm-hmm. Kurt Browning, I did in, so in grade five, we had to write, um, by like mini biographies of people we admire. Right. Kurt Browning was really big at that time. Mm-hmm. And so I did my little mini biography on Kurt Browning. I was a fan of his. So it was, uh, it was, it was fun to do that. Sure. It's really funny that you got to see that, but I, yeah, like those are like the amount of force that, it takes to turn your body that much. Oh my goodness. Have you ever figure skated? Yeah. So I, I had my, all my badges in figure skating. Oh, I didn't know this. Yeah. I can't skate as much anymore because I, uh, I, I tore the ligaments in my ankles twice. Wow. And so they're very weak. And mm-hmm. so it made it really difficult for me to, uh, they, it didn't heal properly and it made it very difficult for me to do all those things. So, so I had to stop figure skating. Right. I couldn't play soccer as well anymore. Mm-hmm. Even skiing now, sometimes I'll have like difficulty uh, positioning my leg because of the way my ankle is. Okay. Uh, but yeah, I used to. I used to figure skate. Wow. I know. Could you do any of those uh, jumps or? No. Turns? So you know what happened is I was starting to learn how, the turns. I could do the turns, the jumps. Uh, I was starting to learn how to do the jumps when I when my my ankles tore and so. Did you t- tear them doing the jumps? No, oh, okay. no, I tore them uh, playing soccer. Oh, I see. It wasn't even that I tore them; it was that they never healed properly. Oh, I see, I see. Okay. Um, so I kind of had to stop doing it because ah. it would hurt too much. Mm-hmm. So that was unfortunate, but I really was looking forward to oh, learning how to funny. jump. I know, crazy. Another fun fact, actually, Marco, mm-hmm. about Fremont. Because I feel like I really need to say this. Because I feel like it's controversial. Oh my goodness. And I don't know if it's true. But I'm going to say it anyway. And our Fremont folks can correct me if I'm wrong. But um, Tweet us at Listen and Sleep Fremont if please, we get this wrong. Please. And, and please blame Nitty who does the research <laughs> on the cities. So uh, apparently the Fremont Main Library... Um, you, know has, I lo- you know I love libraries. Of course you do. Has old articles, and in one of the, I guess, press articles from uh, way back when, it mentions that the McDonald Quarter Pounder was invented in Fremont in 1972. Wow, so that burger was born in Fremont. I love the Quarter Pounder. 
I support you in your love of it. Okay, uh, I don't know if that's true, though, Marco. I, I, I don't know. That seems very controversial. Well, it had to come from somewhere, so why not? Fremont, I guess California. So. I guess so. I wow. Guess so. I know. I, I wonder... Like, I always find it interesting where famous things are invented. Okay. Like famous, like, sandwiches or, like, uh, I don't know, like, donuts or, or sure. certain foods or delicacies mm-hmm. or... or I, I find it fun to find out when right, they right. were or how they were developed. Oh, have you ever been to, like, places where it was, like, the birthplace of the blank? Oh, right. Do you know what I mean? Like... Yeah. I have not been to one that I can call at the top of okay. my head. Have you? Oh, I've been to a few, but like, you know, often you'll go to these places and whatever that item be, whether it's a drink or a, you know, let's say a famous sandwich or burger or something, and you go there, they're often so expensive because so many people flock to that place to get the ultimate wings or, or whatnot that, you know, you're almost in a way disappointed because it's like oh it's so expensive to get the place from where it originated and it doesn't measure up in your mind to what you're hoping it will be that often happens but i still go there i would go to fremont to just have the quarter pounder and see if it was any different than where i have it elsewhere (laughs) that would be uh yeah well how many times do you have a quarter pounder oh i don't think i've had one in maybe 20 years (laughs) (laughs) What is your fast food of choice, though? Like, what is your, like, late-night snack of choice? Oh, it's always cheese. Some yeah. sort of cheese cheese item will be the my go-to. Or something sweet. I love sweet things. I, um... I don't know. I, I kind of go, like, french fries, like a poutine. That's For our listeners thing. that mm-hmm. don't know what a poutine is, it's like a Quebec, um, a Canadian, like a... Uh, uh, it comes from, like, the province of Quebec in Canada, and it's basically French fries, cheese curds, and gravy. And and our listeners probably know that you like them because you mention them quite frequently. Do I, I think, really? I, I think we mentioned poutine. Oh, have we? About well, five or six go. times. But hey, listen, if it's what you like, then then there you go. You gotta well, we hope you, like. you liked this episode of the Insomnia Project. And we hope that you will tweet us from Fremont and correct us if we made any. I, I want to know more about this white witch, Nitty, because it sounds pretty fascinating. I know. I, I'm going to assume because it's a white witch, she's a good witch. Well, apparently she's a hitchhiker. I don't, I, you know what? We need to get some more info from right, our fair Fremont enough. folks. So stay tuned for that. Until then, we hope you listened and slept or sleep. As always, um, we are produced by Drumcast Productions, and we're, we're recording from Toronto. So until the next time, 